book two chapter eight of corporal cameron of the northwest mounted police a tale of the mcleod trail this is a librivox recording all librivox recordings are in the public domain for more information or to volunteer please visit LibriVox.org. recording by kathleen corporal cameron of the northwest mounted police book two chapter eight in apple time another basket of eggs mr cameron and such delicious cream i am deeply grieved to see you so nearly well grieved for you will be leaving us of course thanks that is kind of you and there will be an end to eggs and cream ah you are a lucky man and the trim neat bright-faced nurse shook her finger at him so i have often remarked to myself these six weeks a friend is a great discovery and by these same tokens you have found one truly they have been more than kind this makes the twelfth visit in six weeks said the nurse in busy harvest and threshing time too do you know what that means to a certain extent it is awfully good of them but she is shy shy and i think she is afraid of you her chief interest appears to be in the kitchen which she has never failed to visit the blood slowly rose in cameron's face from which the summer tan had all been bleached by his six weeks fight with fever but he made no reply to the brisk sharp-eyed sharp-minded little nurse and i know she is dying to see you and indeed she chuckled it might do you good she is truly wonderful and again the nurse laughed don't you think you could bear a visit the smile broadened upon her face but unaware she had touched a sensitive spot in her patient his highland pride i shall be more than pleased to have an opportunity to thank miss haley for her great kindness he replied with dignity all right replied the nurse i shall bring her in now don't excite yourself that fever is not so far away and only a few minutes when we farmers go calling i am a farmer remember and know them well when we go calling we take our knitting and spend the afternoon in a few moments she returned with mandy the difference between the stout red-faced coarse-featured obtrusively healthy country girl heavy of foot and hand slow of speech and awkward of manner and the neat quick deaf-fingered bright-faced nurse was so marked that cameron could hardly control the wave of pity that swept through his heart for he could see that even mandy herself was vividly aware of the contrast in vain cameron tried to put her at her ease she simply sat and stared now at the walls now at the floor refusing for a time to utter more than monosyllables punctuated with giggles i want to thank you for the eggs and cream they are fine said cameron heartily oh pshaw that's nothing lots more where they come from replied mandy with a giggle but it's a long way for you to drive and in the busy time too oh we had to come in anyway for things replied mandy making light of her service you are all well oh pretty midlin ma ain't right smart she's too much to do and that's the truth and the boys cameron hesitated to be more specific oh there's nothing eatin them i don't bother with them much mandy was desperately twisting her white cotton gloves at this point the nurse with a final warning to the patient not to talk too much and not to excite himself left the room in a moment mandy's whole manner changed say she cried in a hurried voice perkins is left left i couldn't just stand him after after that night dad wanted him to stay but i couldn't just stand him and so he quit quit i just hate him since since that night 
when i think of what he done i could kill him my i was glad to see him lying there in the dust mandy's words came hot and fast they might a killed you for the first time in the interview she looked fairly into cameron's eyes my you do look awful she said with difficulty commanding her voice nonsense mandy you see it wasn't my leg that hurt me it was the fever that pulled me down i'll never forget that night cried mandy struggling to keep her lips from quivering nor will i ever forget what you did for me that night mandy sam told me all about it i shall always be your friend for a moment longer she held him with her eyes then her face grew suddenly pale and with voice and hands trembling she said i must go good-bye he took her great red hand in his long thin fingers good-bye mandy and thank you my she said looking down at the fingers she held in her hand your hands is awful thin are you sure goin to git better of course i am and i'm coming out to see you before i go she sat down quickly still holding his hand as if he had struck her a heavy blow before you go where her voice was hardly above a whisper her face was white her lips beyond her control out west to seek my fortune his voice was jaunty and he feigned not to see her distress i shall be walking in a couple of weeks or so huh nurse a couple of weeks replied the nurse who had just entered yes if you are good mandy hastily rose but if you are not continued the nurse severely it may be months stay miss haley i am going to bring mr cameron his afternoon tea and you can have some with him indeed you look quite done up i am sure all that work you have been telling me about is too much for you her kindly tones broke the last shred of mandy's self-control she sank into her chair covered her face with her great red hands and burst into tempestuous weeping cameron sat up quickly what in the name of goodness is wrong mandy lie down at once mr cameron said the nurse sternly hush hush miss haley you ought to be ashamed of yourself don't you know that you are hurting him she could have chosen no better word in an instant mandy was on her feet mopping off her face and choking down her sobs ain't i a fool she cried angrily a blame fool well i won't bother you any longer guess i'll go now good-bye all without another look at cameron she was gone cameron lay back upon his pillows white and nerveless now can you tell me he panted what's up search me said the nurse gaily but i forbid you to speak a single word for half an hour here drink this right off now not a word what will dr martin say not a word yes i shall see her safely off the place quiet now she kept up a continuous stream of sprightly chatter to cover her own anxiety and to turn the current of her patient's thoughts by the time she had reached the entrance hall however mandy had vanished great silly goose said the indignant nurse i'd see myself far enough before i'd give myself away like that little fool he'll have a temperature sure and i will catch it bah these girls next time she sees him it will not be here i hope the doctor will just give me an hour to get him quiet again but in this hope she was disappointed for upon her return to her patient she found dr martin in the room his face was grave what's up nurse what is the meaning of this rotten pulse what has he been having to eat well dr martin i may as well confess my sins replied the nurse for there is no use trying to deceive you anyway mr cameron has had a visitor and she has excited him ah said the doctor in a relieved tone a visitor 
a lady visitor a charming sympathetic interested and interesting visitor exactly said the nurse with a giggle it was miss haley martin said cameron gravely the doctor looked puzzled the daughter of the farmer with whom i was working explained cameron ah i remember her said the doctor and a deuce of a time i had with her too getting you away from her if i remember aright i trust there is nothing seriously wrong in that quarter said martin with unusual gravity oh quit it martin said cameron impatiently don't rag she's an awful decent sort her looks are not the best of her ah i am relieved to hear that said the doctor earnestly she is very kind indeed said the nurse for these six weeks she has fed us up with eggs and cream so that both my patient and myself have fared sumptuously every day indeed if it should continue much longer i shall have to ask an additional allowance for a new uniform i have promised that mr cameron shall visit the farm within two weeks if he behaves well exactly replied the doctor in two weeks if he is good the only question that troubles me is is it quite safe you see in his present weak condition his susceptibility is decidedly emphasized his resisting power is low and who knows what might happen especially if she should insist i shall not soon forget the look in her eye when she dared me to lay a finger upon his person oh cut it out martin said cameron you make me weary he lay back on his pillow and closed his eyes the nurse threw a signal to the doctor all right old man we must stop this chaff buck up and in two weeks we will let you go where you like i have something in mind for you but we won't speak of it to-day the harvest was safely stored the yellow stubble showed the fields at rest but the vivid green of the new fall wheat proclaimed the astounding and familiar fact that once more mother nature nature had begun her ancient perennial miracle for in those fields of vivid green the harvest of the coming year was already on the way on these green fields the snowy mantle would lie soft and protecting all the long winter through and when the spring suns would shine again the fall wheat would be a month or more on the way towards maturity somehow the country looked more rested fresher cleaner to cameron than when he had last looked upon it in late august the rain had washed the dust from the earth's face and from the green sward that bordered the grey ribbon of the high road that led out from the city the pastures and the hay meadows and the turnip fields were all in their freshest green and beyond the fields the forest stood glorious in all its autumn splendor the ash trees bright yellow the oaks rich brown and the maples all the colors of the rainbow in the orchard ah the wonder and joy of it even the bare and bony limbs of the apple trees only helped to reveal the sumptuous wealth of their luscious fruit for it was apple time in the land the evanescent harvest apples were long since gone the snows were past their best the pippins were mellowing under the sharp persuasion of the nippy frosty nights and the brave gallantry of the sunny days in this ancient warfare between the frosty nights and the gallant sunny days the apples ripened rapidly for the warfare could not be for long already in the early morning hours the vanguard of winter's fierce hosts was to be seen flaunting its hoary banners even in the very face of the gallant sun so bravely making stand against it but it was the time of the year in which men felt it good to be alive for there was in the air that tang that gives speed to the blood 
spring to the muscle edge to the appetite courage to the soul and zest to life the apple time of the year it was in apple time that cameron came back to the farm under compulsion of mandy haley had found it necessary to drive into the city for some things for the women folk and being in the city he had called for cameron and had brought him out under compulsion not at all because haley was indifferent to the prospect of a visit from his former hired man not alone because the fall ploughing was pressing and the threshing gang was in the neighbourhood but chiefly because through the channel of dr martin the little nurse and mandy it had come to be known in the haley household and in the countryside that the hired man was a great swell in the old country and haley's sturdy independence shrank from anything that savoured of second round a swell as he graphically put it but mandy scouted this idea and waited for the coming of the expected guest with no embarrassment from the knowledge that he had been in the old country a great swell hence when through a crack beside the window blind she saw him a poor pale shadow descending wearily and painfully from the buggy the great mother heart in the girl welled with pity she could hardly forbear rushing out to carry him bodily in her strong arms to the spare room and lay him where she had once helped to lay him the night of the tragedy some eight weeks before but in this matter she had learned her lesson she remembered the little nurse and her indignant scorn of the lack of self-control she had shown on the occasion of her last visit to the hospital so instead of rushing forth she clutched the curtains and forced herself to stand still whispering to herself the while oh he will die sure he will die sure but when she looked upon him seated comfortably in the kitchen with a steaming glass of ginger and whiskey her mother's unfailing remedy for anything wrong with the insides she knew he would not die and her joy overflowed in boisterous welcome for five days they all from haley to tim gave him of their very best seeking to hold him among them for the winter for they had learned that his mind was set upon the west till cameron was ashamed knowing that he must go the last afternoon they all spent in the orchard the gravensteins in which species of apple haley was a specialist were being picked and picked with the greatest care cameron plucking them from the limbs and dropping them into a basket held by mandy below it was one of those sunny days when after weeks of chilly absence summer comes again and makes the world glow with warmth and kindly life and quickens in the heart the blood's flow cameron was full of talk and fuller of laughter than his wont indeed he was vexed to find himself struggling to maintain unbroken the flow of laughter and of talk but in mandy there was neither speech nor laughter only a quiet dignity that disturbed and rebuked him the last tree of gravensteins was picked and then there came the time of parting cameron with a man's selfish desire for some token of a woman's adoration even although he well knew that he could make no return lingered in the farewell hoping for some sign in the plain quiet face and the wonderful eyes with their new mystery that when he had gone he would not be forgotten but though the lips quivered pitifully and the heavy face grew drawn and old and the eyes glowed with a deeper fire the words when they came came quietly and the eyes looked steadily upon him except that for one brief moment a fire leaped in them and quickly died down but when the buggy with tim driving had passed down the lane behind the curtain of the spare room the girl stood looking through the crack beside the blind 
with both hands pressed upon her bosom her breath coming in sobs her blue lips murmuring brokenly good-bye good-bye oh why did you come at all but oh i'm glad you came god help me i'm glad you came then when the buggy had turned down the side lane and out of sight she knelt beside the bed and kissed again and again with tender reverent kisses the pillow where his head had lain End of book two, chapter eight.